Yeah, we're going deep this weekend, but don't worry, count on Bergie. I never said a lot, except on this podcast, taking a walk through the past as I drop facts. When I first met Larry, got his autograph. We went to Second City, had a lot of laughs. You hadn't thought of that since like 2006, before I ever made a track like this. Yeah, it's the first letter. The snake eyes wrote, and it was harder to write than getting snake eyes quotes, yo. I spent a lot of time thinking about the fiction. What's the sound of a voice with no diction? Well, the depiction had to honor the man's story, the tragedy, and anything that ever came before me. We knew the mask, the blade, and the Uzi. They look cool, but they always ask, yo, who's he? The number one question, understandably, it's classified. Wrapped inside fantasy, I kept digging in the pages of my fave comics, file cards, and anything with some data on it. I made a promise I'd honor the legacy If only for myself I made this whole tape for me And anyone that his story ever spoke to Even though it wasn't It always felt so true So hello to you Thanks for coming along As we tell a tale that couldn't be told in one song Yeah Weekend at Bergie's Episode 36 That's right I got you in my six This is Inside Cobra Island Part 2 we're doing a deep dive on my album, Welcome to Cobra Island. And today we're covering track two, A Letter from Snake Eyes, part one. And that's a lot of numbers, but don't worry, this is gonna be fun. Yeah. So I'm Word Burglar, and uh, this beat is by Timbuktu. We're gonna talk about that in a second. It's, of course, A Letter from Snake Eyes, from Welcome to Cobra Island. And uh, I'm going to start off with a really fun fact. This was the first track that I released as a teaser for the Welcome to Cobra Island album. We actually released three, A Letter from Snake Eyes, Part 1, 2, and, uh, and Rap Viper. And this, uh, this kind of kicked things off, and I, and I shared it with people as an intro because it was a really important song to me for a lot of reasons. Growing up, uh, you know, 80s, 90s, being a kid, obsessed with G.I. Joe, loved the cartoons, but when I discovered the comics, that's when I realized this is where the real stories are happening. Now, anyone who is familiar with G.I. Joe knows that when G.I. Joe experienced this huge resurgence in the 80s, you could find it everywhere. There were tents there were toothbrushes. There were, I had a soap tray that my mom gave me, and it had, of all people, Leatherneck, the G.I. Joe Marine, on it. And, uh, and actually, I always thought that was kind of funny. Like, why, why would Leatherneck be selected to be on this soap tray to sell to kids? Was there a meeting somewhere when they said, all right, how can we convince kids to buy this G.I. Joe soap? Oh, if they see Leatherneck on the soap tray... <laughs> <laughs> you know that'll uh, that'll get them um, as, as if like Leatherneck was uh, was you know a symbol you know for for stinky people who needed soap or or for for clean people I guess um, but when I think of clean I I don't know if I always you know if if Leatherneck would be the first GI Joe I thought of but uh, regardless I've still got the soap tray that my mom got me at the local Shoppers Drug Mart so thanks mom and it's a tiny soap tray I don't actually have any soap that could fit in it now. But uh, it's good for, like, you know, change. Uh, but I digress. Basically, in the 80s, you could 
sleep in G.I. Joe pillowcases and, and sheets. You could, you know, talk on G.I. Joe walkie-talkies. You could, of course, play with the toys. You could brush your teeth with G.I. Joe. You could do all of this. And uh, if anybody asked you, well, who is your favorite character? Well, you might have said Snake Eyes. And a lot of people love Snake Eyes. He's probably the most iconic you know, he is the most iconic. I'm going to say it. He's the most iconic character from G.I. Joe. He's got the new movie, of course, coming out, and I probably don't need to tell you that. But I may need to tell you who Snake Eyes is because you'd be hard-pressed to find a lot of people who knew the full story of Snake Eyes unless you read every single issue of the G.I. Joe Marvel comics written by the great Larry Hama. And when I discovered the Marvel comics, that's when I knew, all right, this is where it's going down. Because Snake Eyes on the cartoon was cool. He was silent, but you didn't know that much about him. As an action figure, he was an anomaly because he was the, the only figure to come out in that initial line of a real American hero, three and three quarter inch G.I. Joe figures, to have no paint applications. He was just solid black plastic. And the rumor is, and legend goes, that Hasbro kind of ran out of money because they spent so much money painting all the other figures. They were like, well, we've got this one guy and he won't have any paint on him at all. And of course, Snake Eyes went on to be the most popular character for great reason. And I've always loved Snake Eyes. And as long as I can remember, I wanted to make a Snake Eyes song. But I didn't know how. And his story was too big to fit in one song. So, and I talked about this on the Full Force podcast. There was a, an episode, but I think it bears repeating here, you know, again, but shout out to Diagnostic 80 and go check that episode out. It's the news burst from September 29th, 2020, uh, where we talk about the Cobra Island vinyl. But I will repeat it here because I think it, it, it's important to set up some context. In 2009... The G.I. Joe live-action movie came out, and I was working at Silver Snail Comics in Toronto, and I was a huge G.I. Joe fan, probably the biggest fan who worked at the store, and anytime anyone came in looking for G.I. Joe or had a G.I. Joe question, they'd come to me. Also, within the music world, anywhere I would play a show or be on tour or kicking raps and freestyling, G.I. Joe would always come up. And, and someone would say something and say, oh, you know, talk to Bergie, talk to SJ. He, he knows the G.I. Joe. He'd love to, to gab about it with you. And, and I still do to this day. So G.I. Joe was always front and foremost on my mind. And people kind of got to know me as, as, a, as a big, huge, ginormous G.I. Joe fan. G.I.normous. <laughs> so when the G.I. Joe movie came out, I got tickets to the premiere, courtesy of the owner of the snail, Ron Van Leeuwen, who plays an important part in this story as well. And Ron uh, and, and the whole staff from the snail and, and all of our customers and, and everybody got to go to this giant premiere and it was really exciting. And, it, you know, it was a media event, and all these people were there, Toronto, Scotiabank Theatre, downtown Toronto, like the biggest, the biggest screen in downtown Toronto. And, uh, and the movie, it was hyped, everyone was, was really, in, you know, getting excited for it, but people didn't know G.I. Joe from X-Men, okay, like the people in this crowd, for the most part. So, I think up, up to this point, the most popular G.I. Joe thing had been those, uh, those YouTube videos where the uh, they dubbed over the voices and, and made the, the jokes about sandwiches and stuff that used all the old PSAs. 
but I digress. I'm in the movie theater, the movie ends, and everybody instantly looks at me and wants to know my reaction. What'd you think? What'd you, oh, wow, what'd you, what'd you think? And honestly, I was kind of let down. And I don't want to hate on it if, if some people out there liked it, but I just felt that it didn't do justice to the characters that I grew up with and I loved. And uh, listen, I don't want to get into like fan service or anything like this. I'm just talking about me personally. And I had a love for these characters ever since I was a kid. Get five bucks from grandma, go to the mall, pick out a G.I. Joe, spend what felt like hours reading the backs of all the packages for the file cards to get a, as much information to help you make your decision on what figure you wanted to bring home. And, uh, and you know, you'd base your choice on, well, what character's the coolest? You know, who do I need to fill out my team? Who has the best backpack? Who's got, who's got an animal with them, right? I mean, you get someone like Mutton Junkyard or Law & Order or Undertow or Nyagahide who came with a wild boar and he had these, like, knives and, and a hat. And, you know, those were kind of the best deal if you got the animal figures. And, uh, and they were kind of hard to find. People may not remember that, but I always had a hard time finding the animal figures. And uh, whenever New Wave of Joes came out, it's like, oh, who's, who's got the animal now? Spearhead and Max. Uh, all right, I guess... I guess I need a bobcat on my G.I. Joe team. <laughs> but back to the G.I. Joe movie. It let me down, and I knew that I had to do something about it. Because almost instantly, people were like, oh, you're a G.I. Joe fan? Why do you like that? That movie sucked. And, uh, and it just was not... You know, the comics had been coming back, and there was a lot of great stuff going on, but when... You see things in all these fandoms. Listen, in the world of fandom, you know, Star Wars kind of never went away, right? And Batman, Spider-Man, all this other stuff that I love. But G.I. Joe to me was always number one. And I just felt like I need to tell people and show people why I like this. Just for myself and really for my friends. And if they came up to me and they said, hey, you know, why do you like G.I. Joe? This sucks. I'm like, you want to know why I like it? Here's why. This is a fresh rap album I just made. And it's going to explain exactly why I love G.I. Joe. So of course, I had to do a Snake Eyes song. And when I figured out that his story was way too big for one song, and I needed to spread it out into three tracks, well, where do we start? If you read the Marvel comics, you know that in those original issues, Snake Eyes has a history pre-G.I. Joe that goes back to the conflict in Vietnam. He was in a long-range recon patrol with Stalker, who was also a G.I. Joe, who recruited him to join the team. And then there was Wade, who would later become a Crimson Guardsman. There was Dickie, there was Ramon, and there was Tommy Arashikage, a.k.a. Storm Shadow. Tommy saved Snake Eyes' life in Vietnam. And I should note, Snake Eyes' real name has never been released officially. There are a few things that have never been divulged. And uh, as much of Snake Eyes' story was classified, when the comic series started, it started to be revealed. We learned that he had a sister who he loved very much, who gave him a photo of herself to take with him when he had to go to war. And he kept that with him as a lucky charm. We learned that his family died on the way to the airport when he was coming home. His family was killed in a car crash by a drunk driver 
who happened to be Cobra Commander's brother. Cobra Commander blamed the family, found out who the soldier was, found out that this soldier moved to Japan and joined a ninja clan? Wait a second. Because Tommy brought him there, and it turns out that Tommy's family were a bunch of ninjas. And I'll talk about that in when we get to the episode about A Letter from Snake Eyes Part 2. But A Letter from Snake Eyes Part 1, really, it's, it's set in Vietnam, and really, it had to set the groundwork and it really introduce us to this character. Because like I say, it, you know, you may recognize Snake Eyes, but people don't know his, his whole story. Oh, is he mute? Is he deaf? What's his, he's a ninja, where's he from? Um, and, you know, the origin has, has changed a bit. So, so the origin that I have portrayed on the album is definitely based on Larry Hama's Marvel Comics. Now, quick note, Ron Van Leeuwen, who I mentioned, who was the owner of the Silver Snail, around 2006, as I mentioned in the opening rhyme, I was assistant manager at Silver Snail Comics downtown Toronto, and Ron said to me one day, he said, hey, you know, you're the comic guy, you love comics, why don't we do a big comic book signing? We used to do them all the time. Uh, who do you want to bring in? Let me know. And now Ron was a pioneer in the Canadian comic book industry and the direct market industry in North America, really, um, in the 70s and, and 80s, and, uh, and he had a lot of connections. He probably could have got Frank Miller, or Bill Sienkiewicz, uh, Neil Gaiman, I, you name it, um, maybe Tom McFarlane. And I said, uh, well, I want Larry Hama. And he said, I don't know Larry, but I think I know some people. Let me make some calls. Sure enough, Ron came through, got a contact for Larry. He said, here's Larry's contact. Reach out to him. Me, just being a fan, I didn't have a Cobra Island album out yet. You know, I was just this like underground rapper, this young comic book lover, huge G.I. Joe fan, working at the comic book store uh, and, you know, gigging at night. And, uh, and I was the most nervous I'd ever been reaching out to Larry Hama. And Larry couldn't have been cooler. I think his one request was uh, to fly out of LaGuardia and not Newark when he was coming from New York. So we, we got him a ticket. We set him up in a hotel. We took care of him all weekend. And uh, the second city reference I made in that opening rhyme is because my friend Sandy was uh, performing at Second City. He was part of the, the main stage, and he's, he's uh, you know an actor and comedian. He's been on this podcast before. Shout out Sandy Jobin Bevins, who uh, maybe uh, you know from Harold and Kumar as the cop who stops them in the first ep- uh, movie, which is a great, great scene, among many, many other things. He's in tons of stuff, but I always go back to that Harold and Kumar thing because I think that's still pretty cool. So Sandy said, hey, look, you know, I, why don't we get uh, Larry, uh, you know, a ticket and we, we bring him to Second City and he can watch the show, which is great because if you know Larry, uh, on top of being an incredible comic book writer and a musician in the band The Chaotix, and of course a veteran who's had plenty of, of, of military experience of, of his own, which made the comics so great, uh, he was big in the theater and he's acted. He actually, he was in M.A.S.H., the old TV show, and uh, he's done some theater and, and all kinds of stuff like that, and he's got an incredible sense of humor, which to this day I think is underrated. If you ever read Larry's comics, there is so much humor laced into the dialogue. It's it's brilliant, uh, and definitely uh, 
you know, you're reading, you're reading these comics and you're, you're kind of chuckling. Like, just read Cobra Commander's dialogue uh, and, and you'll get some laughs in those Marvel comics. So we thought, all right, let's bring Larry to Second City. That'll be amazing. We did. Ron and I and, uh, and my friend Chris and, and Larry, we went to Second City and Sandy was there and performed. And Sandy even uh, came out and got the announcer to say he was uh, Sandy Jobin Bevins, the voice of Snake Eyes, which, uh, of course, got a huge chuckle from, uh, from Larry. And uh, anyways, that was an amazing weekend. So I really have to thank Ron Van Leeuwen for making that happen. And that was, like I say, years before. And I've gone on to meet Larry uh, many times since. And, uh, you know, he's a living legend. So it, it was an honor to meet him then and uh, hope to meet him again. So all this talk about Larry. Larry, of course, wrote the file cards on the back of these G.I. Joe figures. He wrote the Marvel comics. He's integral to really the success of that line. I mean, the characters were so rich. I, I wouldn't have made a whole album if these characters weren't interesting and exciting. And uh, and Snake Eyes was definitely the character who took the forefront in the comics. He His story was filled with so much drama and tragedy and pain and triumph and valor and action. I mean, he's a super ninja soldier who who never says no to a mission. And when he doesn't have any missions, he starts asking around. He's like, give me a mission. Give me something to do. Give me some people to save. I need a purpose. I need something to do. And these were all traits that I looked at when making this song. And I really, really did want to honor Snake Eye's story and think about, well, who is he? And no, he, he didn't join to, to become a general or a medal winner. Right? He's in it because he wants to fight for freedom. He wants to do the right thing. And this is just what he believed. And he was so driven to, to do the right thing and, and fight and fight for what's right and become a super ninja along the way. And of course, when you're a kid reading these comics, it's just incredible. And, you know, I didn't have that much knowledge of the conflict in Vietnam or really anything. You know, you're six, seven years old reading these comics and, and this is your first exposure to a lot of these ideas. And I think that's something that really worked well with the comics and that original 80s comeback of G.I. Joe was that the team was very much based and had origins in a real world conflict. And then, of course, it goes into a bit more fantastic territory and and it gets it gets pretty out there but Larry always kept it interesting and look when I was a kid I loved reading about stuff like Zartan and and just the more sort of out there ideas and brainwave scanners this was all exciting it was a superhero team but grounded in reality and I always felt more so than X-Men or Transformers that G.I. Joe it was like I can connect with these people I, they they there's a realness there and some of them are hilarious some of them are jerks <laughs> some of them are are just absolutely crazy and kind of like i was talking about last episode you know growing up thinking about like well who who would i get along with right and uh, and snake eyes was definitely i think the trooper that everybody wanted to make sure had had their back and definitely with the connection with storm shadow and scarlet and everything and i understand maybe some of you aren't as close to uh, to gi joe as i am so i'm trying to keep it a little broad here but i hope uh 
I hope you'll, if you like the album, that you've gone back and checked out some of Larry's work and, and enjoyed it. I never said a lot. Always been a better listener And didn't join to be a general or a medal winner See, they told me I'd be fighting for freedom Making the world a better place I still believe them Off I went, became an airborne ranger Prepared to get dropped wherever there's more danger And Uncle Sugar, yeah, he granted my wish Long-range recon with an M16 click I got dropped in the middle of a conflict Where the rain stinks and you can taste the vomit Napalm, bug juice, and wet bodies I'm not a hero, just a name in the vet lobby where I met Tommy and the best you'd ever know Sergeant Lonzo, Wade Dickey, and poor Ramon In the valley I remember right before he died He wasn't scared, he just looked surprised And as I tried to cover slack with the 60 I heard a bad sound, that was it for Dickey It didn't get me but caught it in the pick of my twin sister Lucky charm more than anything I'd ever give her Next thing I know red traces running through me And Tommy's dodging bullets screaming get me on the Huey I fought my ass off in that stinking jungle But little did I know I'd only started digging in my tunnel except the fear don't let it steer you when you move with the wind no one can hear you face your friend one day the next it takes so let's talk about the song for a second the beat is by Timbuktu and I love this beat what I did with this whole album was I spent a lot of time combing through various uh, sources to find samples. And that's what I do for for all my albums and I've always loved ever since I was a kid like just finding samples from records and cartoons and video games and all these different things and kind of picking my favorite snippets and like oh I love this and would love to do something like that. Now, when it comes to making the actual beats, I work with different beat makers who have way more skill uh composing the the music on, you know, with with beat making devices and computers and machines and stuff like that right so i i have definitely focused my work on sort of finding samples but mainly like writing rhymes and 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 then working over the beats with different producers so with this album i would find samples and then pair them with producers that I thought, okay, this could really play to so-and-so's strengths. This, I think, would be something that they would like. And I sent each producer a, uh, basically like a little package of samples and said, here are like three or four samples. Do you like any of these? Do you want to work with these? Uh, what do you think? And I sent Tim, who I was working with and I was recording this album with, and like I've said, he was an integral part of this whole album, Timbuktu, and uh, as soon as we can safely get in a room together again, I'll have Timmy on here and we can chat. Um, although actually, I don't, I don't know if it's ever safe to be in a room with Timmy. <laughs> uh, if you know him, that's, uh, you'll get it. No, it, Timmy's the best. Love Timmy, and I can't wait to be back in a room with Timmy again. So Timmy loved this sample, and and instantly just started like messing with it and, and figuring it out. And when we worked on this song, as it was taking shape, because not every beat instantly did I know what it was going to be for. I knew I had a, a sort of an outline of songs that I wanted to do and stories that I wanted to tell and characters I wanted to explore. But the beats were still taking form, so I, it was really an organic process but when this beat came together it sounded it was atmospheric it's dramatic it's mysterious it's there's a darkness to it and it's extremely 
dope. It's catchy. Like, I love this beat. And I just knew this was what I needed to introduce Snake Eyes to our album. And it just came together perfectly. Um, and so big shout out to Timbuktu. And hopefully if you're familiar with this beat, you feel the same way. Because I think I can't think of it, uh, another beat working for this particular story. Now, the title of the song, which you may not know, A Letter from Snake Eyes, actually comes from the final issue of the Marvel Comics run. So issue 155, which came out in December 1994, it's an incredible story about Snake Eyes writing a letter back to his army buddy Wade's son, who is coincidentally named Sean, which is my name, I know. And Sean is thinking about uh, enlisting. And Snake Eyes writes this incredible letter reflecting on his life and the choices he has made. And really, I use that as a basis for exploring the character of Snake Eyes. Because up until this point, throughout the entire comic run, Snake Eyes never spoke. So it, this was a brilliant way for Larry to wrap up the series, taking the most iconic character that he had really just developed over this incredible run and and finally giving him a voice and that is that felt like just the perfect title for the song and a way for me to have an entry point uh into into writing this little uh, trilogy of songs on the album about snake eyes and uh and what a brilliant vehicle to to share the thoughts of someone who doesn't speak with a written letter so that that comic is incredible and uh and you know i another fun note because snake eyes is writing to sean the first gi joe comic i ever got was issue 38 and it was at scarborough fair a little convenience store in scarborough ontario just outside of toronto and my cousin bought it for me and my cousin's name is joe Huh. First G.I. Joe comic bought by my cousin Joe. The last G.I. Joe comic writ uh, has a story written about a guy named Sean. I mean, I don't know. I, Of course I had to make a G.I. Joe rap album. <laughs> anyway, what really made sense to me about that issue was the man who can't talk writes phenomenally and you can say a lot in a letter without making a sound just like snake eyes speaks with actions not words so it was just it's perfect and really without larry hama there would be no welcome to cobra island album that is a given so that uh that's where the title came from other than that, I think the lyrics are very self-explanatory. Um, I wanted to show and get inside the the mind of Snake Eyes in, in that time and sort of as he's writing this letter and explaining what happened and reflecting on how he almost died and Tommy saved his life. Uh, having the photo of his sister, the Lucky Charm, uh, which unfortunately he would never get to see her again. And 
really just thinking about a lifetime of being uh, a fan of this character. And really, when I look at all the fictional characters that I've loved, you know, reading about over the years from Batman to Spider-Man, Superman, Wolverine, Daredevil, Snake Eyes. I mean, Snake Eyes is you know snake eyes is the best but he's the least known everybody can tell you batman's origin or spidey or even wolverine right but but snake eyes i just felt like it's, it's it was crazy to me that more people didn't know the story you know and uh, i uh, i figured i needed to tell it so uh, so that's what i tried to do so i hope i hope you enjoyed that and i hope you enjoyed this little reflection on track 2 from Welcome to Cobra Island. Next episode, we are going to dig into Call Destro, which is uh, track three on the record. And uh, I should mention that if you have any questions and feedback, I'm really appreciating everyone reaching out. And we are going to answer questions on here. Uh, but you can also leave a voice message for us at our podcast page at anchor.fm slash weekend at Bergies. And uh, you can leave a message like this amazing one we just got from Jeff, which I didn't even know we could get. Hey, man. Your album, Welcome to Cobra Island, is seriously one of my all-time favorite albums. If I was stuck on a desert island or Cobra Island, I would have to have this as one of my top 10 albums. And I own over 2,000 albums so i've shared it around with everybody i know who grew up in the 80s and was a gi joe fan you truly have a love for gi joe and it shows through this album and this podcast is amazing i can't wait for the next podcast with song number two jeff thank you so much that uh, honestly that message made my day uh, and it's still making my year and I really really appreciate that and that's been a great result of making Welcome to Cobra Island and you know like anything like when I make a song or something and put it out there I, it's it just feels so great when other people can connect with it because I've always just made this stuff for me and my friends so when other people can connect with it, it, it you know I feel like I do feel it, that connection so I appreciate that and I do hope that if you were stranded on Cobra Island that you'd be able to find a copy of the album in the glove compartment of a hiss tank or a stinger or a buzz bore or something right <laughs> I mean by now it must be standard issue for all Cobra troopers right uh, everybody's got the CD so, so thank you. And uh, if anyone else wants to leave a message, you can do it on our anchor page or shoot me an email, wordberg at gmail.com or weekend at burgies at gmail.com. And finally, I have to mention the new Rap Viper shirts are in. We have done this. Um, it's like basically like the bats, the Cobra bats or Batman or kind of a Wu-Tang. It's like a yellowy orange Rap Viper logo on a black shirt. They turned out fresh. I'm wearing one. Look, I make the kind of shirts that I want to wear, and this shirt turned out dope. And uh, so if you need a Rap Viper shirt, go to wordburglar.com. There's a link there, and I do appreciate it. And uh, I always try and throw in a little extra bonus thing if I've got some uh, stickers or magnets lying around here. So uh, I'd appreciate that. Uh, we do have some left. 
And uh, other than that, yeah, I hope you're doing well. I hope you're enjoying this little experiment because I'm having a lot of fun digging, uh, digging through this record. Um, and yeah, keep keep checking in. We got a lot of cool stuff brewing as uh, as lockdown is uh, coming to an end. Finally, I'm gonna be able to get back into the studio and finish making uh, a whole bunch of new songs that uh, have been on hold for far too long so there's new music on the horizon very soon so uh, thank you and take care of yourselves we will talk soon or we'll write letters peace